Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast, the Court to Heat podcast. I am your host, Josh Phoenix, and today we got a lot to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, we have an NBA trade deadline tomorrow, Thursday, February 8th. Again, if you're not in for my live stream on YouTube from 9A to 1P, AZ time, please mark that down. Take me to your work, take me to your car, and if you want, take me to your leader because I am going to be breaking down all the trades, every little detail, what I'm hearing, what others are hearing, all of this fun stuff. But we'll worry about that tomorrow when we get there. Today, I want to focus on the podcast. Remember, we're here Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Such honor and joy being able to have you guys listen to me, able to respond to you guys on social media. Very, very fun. I like doing this type of stuff. That's why I've been doing the podcast. So, always going to keep on doing it. I feel like I'm always going to be on social media. You guys know where to find me. Courtsaheat.com, obviously. That's the website. But for, for social media... We got Twitter slash X. And you can find me on the X at Courtside Heat. Instagram is Courtside Heat NBA. Facebook, Courtside Heat. TikTok, Courtside Heat. You've guessed it. I am Courtside Heat everywhere but Instagram. That's a very long story and story I won't be getting into today. As for today, I want to talk about, well, I got a lot of stories I want to talk about. But, I want to talk about LeBron. Because he's actually happy with the players on his team. I got a bunch of breaking news around the league. Delo's back into the trade conversations. I got stuff on the Sixers. But then when we get to the trade rumors and reports around the league and the latest stuff, the latest information on that end. I got Philly. I got the Rosen. I want to talk about the Hornets. I want to talk about the Suns. This all concerns Miles Bridges. And then Warriors fans. GSW fans. I got to break it to y'all. I got to answer this tough question for y'all. Should Clay Thompson be traded? At the time of this recording, when I'm talking about everything, this none of this has happened, so if something breaks tomorrow morning before the podcast comes out at 8 a.m., I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Anyways, I don't believe that there's going to be like a 7 a.m. trade that's going to break the internet. That'd be funny. I hope not, but whatever. But no, I have all that I want to get to. I'm going to try to move past the Hornets. I really want to talk about Clay Thompson. He's interesting. I have a mock trade for DeMar DeRozan. So I guess without further ado, let's just jump right into this. Again, you know where to find me on social media. You know Courtsy.com. We've been bumping on him. X. I'm not even kidding with y'all. Like this is this has been great. The podcast, the support for the podcast has been great. I truly appreciate you guys. This has been great. We've been getting thousands of listeners per video. Honestly. I would never have dreamt this when I began the podcast or when I took this crazy long break. So for that, I thank y'all and I applaud y'all for sticking on this journey because we're just getting started. Good news. Good news for the Lakers and their fan base. LeBron James happy. Perfect segue, perfect transition into breaking news around the league. LeBron James is happy with the players on his team. This is what he said, I quote, It's not a question for me, James said when asked if he believes the current construction of the team is good enough to win a championship or if they need to make trades. I love who we have in the locker room, and that's all I worry about. We're going to go out and prepare ourselves every night, no matter what it is, no matter who's out on, on this team. No matter what. Which is actually kind of funny. Because between me and y'all. 
LeBron James is known as the lead GM. Lead general manager. That's what GM is short for. He actually got Aaron Wiggins traded. Now, it, it, it resulted in what? Kyrie coming the next year? You take that as you will. But for him to say that it's not a question for him, like he's acting like he's never done this before. But I do respect LeBron's answer. I'm not going to detail and try to drill into like, oh, this is who he is. He gave up. No, I'm not, I'm not doing all that crazy stuff. We don't have time for that. I still don't believe LeBron James is getting traded. I know he put pressure on the team publicly when he was wearing the Knicks towel. I know. I know the antics. I know what Rich Paul's agent said. I don't think he's going to be traded. Richie doesn't think he's going to be traded. And I don't think the Lakers are going to make many moves, many impactful moves. There's a report that came out about it. You can't find that on courtt.com, by the way. But they don't think... Maybe someone with D'Lo. I'm going to talk about D'Lo in a second, but D'Angelo Russell. That's probably going to be the biggest move. That's probably going to be the only move. Unless someone's going to give him an all-star out of nowhere. A perennial all-star out of nowhere. Out of thin air. Something made out of nothing. Austin Reeves is not going to be traded. A lot of these guys aren't going to be traded. Traded. In fact, the Lakers have confidence in their players to get better. And I think that stems from the positivity or perspective, rather, that LeBron James is projecting to the public and then maybe what he's doing in his private time with the organization, with Planka, with Bus, with all these key players before the deadline. So, I thought that was very interesting. I did want to include that in there. So, LeBron James publicly does not want to jeopardize this season. He also likes these players. So, it helps. You have found favor with the quote-unquote king. Isn't that just lovely? And I guess where I want to tie in this with D'Lo, the Toronto Raptors have interest in D'Lo. That's that's not unreasonable when understanding the Lakers wanted Bruce Brown before Bruce Brown went to Indy. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this, but Bruce Brown was going to be a member of the Lakers if he didn't go to the Pacers. Now, obviously, he got traded. But the Lakers wanted him. Then they had to settle. I believe it was Gabe Vincent they settled for. If I am jogging back my memory correctly. Um, so, the Lakers... Could be like, you want D'Lo? Great, we'll take Bruce Brown. And the Raptors want something. And the Lakers have picks. They have assets. They got the draft capital. They have the players. They have the means to get a meaty trade out there. So if it's like D'Lo, Jalen Hood, Feno, and a pick, kind of like how they're going to do it with Jante Murray in Atlanta, you can actually take that off and be like, hey, Toronto, you want this? No, we'll refine it, but we want Bruce Brown. There's already been reports of that happening. I believe that could happen if it got serious enough. Do I believe D'Lo is going to stay on this team? Yes and no. D'Lo hasn't been consistent for majority of the season, but he's turning it around the last 10 to 15 games, 10 to 12 games. The man is still averaging 17 points and 6 assists per game. Yes, is he down in his field goal percentage. But he's also up. He was always known as a 40% shooter. 
40 to 43. And then he had 48. But now he's roughly at 46. Anything over 45% for him is spectacular. And he's always been known as a huge playmaker. This guy once was getting 7 assists per game. Now it's going down to 6, but that difference between 7 and 6 is meaningless. It's not really that major. So all I'm saying is... Now, I'm not saying Toronto has to keep D'Lo. They could flip him. At that point, you would just have a freeway trade, which would be really interesting. I don't know how that would work necessarily, but you could have something like that where you're like, okay, D'Lo goes to the X team, the third team. Raptors get whoever from that third team, and Bruce Brown comes to Los Angeles. But Toronto has interest in D'Lo. So you could see like a Brown-Russell swap. You really could. I don't think there would be anything against that. I don't think there would be anything wrong with that. Honestly, we can see the swap in real time. I would be interested in that. So even though the Lakers aren't going all out, this year, like how some fans wanted or hoped or just predicted it to be, whatever word you want to use, well, you still got a trade asset in D'Lo. And if there's a team like the Raptors who want him, now sure, there are teams saying we don't want D'Lo, like the Hawks. The Hawks also want Austin Reeves. Los Angeles does not want to give up Austin Reeves. So it makes sense. But at least there's interest in D'Lo. The same can't be said for Andrew Wiggins. So, the Mavericks. They prefer to trade for Kyle Kuzma, P.J. Washington over Andrew Wiggins. You want to talk about a guy who has fallen off the face of the earth? And I don't know his I'm pretty sure there's a large part of it being the Warriors' fault as well. I think it's I think it's a team effort, no pun intended or nothing along those lines, but it is. Like there's a reason why this team's failing. There's a reason why they're they're more likely to get a high draft pick than becoming um a playoff bound team. Like, sometimes you can see Wiggins go off for 8 of 10 shooting, 8 of 12 shooting, 20 points. And there's some nights where he goes 3 of 13, 7 points, 1 of 6, 2 points, 3 of 8, 9 points. Like, you understand where we're going. And this is the worst season ever in Andrew Wiggins' career. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 1.5 assists. For points, lowest ever. Before this season, the lowest was 16.9. That was in his rookie season. Really interesting. 31.1% from deep. That's an 8.5% drop-off from last season and an 8.2% drop-off from 2021-22 season. Like, the last time he was shooting 30%, was in 2015-16. That was his second year in the league. Field goal percentage. That's down by 3.6%. Comparing to last year. And then 3% and from 2021 to 2022. He is getting astronomically worse. His role has decreased. He's no longer getting close to 30 minutes. It's sure it's 27 minutes. But still, this is a guy that was averaging 34. So on his career, it was 34. Last season was 32. Sure, he's had injuries. But take it as you will. The man's missing 7 minutes. He's getting 7 minutes off. This Warrior team's in shambles. Sorry, I had to take a quick sip of... Gatorade. By the way, this low sugar Gatorade grape flavor. Oh, I love it so much. I'm like addicted to this. 
I really should go. I should go seek medical attention. Anyways, this is the lowest in minutes. the The lowest minutes he's ever gone was thirty one point nine back in twenty twenty one twenty two. Which is saying times are changing. Now, it makes sense why. The Mavericks don't want Wiggins, per se, because why would you want Wiggins? You want somebody that compliments Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. And guys like P.J. Washington and Kyle Kuzma, really Kyle Kuzma, will give you that. So I can see why you have preferences. I see why you want that. And it makes sense. It 100% does. And I'm not trying to turn this into a negativity for the Warriors. Trust me, I'm going to get to that at the end of this show. Give me give me like 30 minutes or so, whatever. But the Warriors are in shambles. The, the Mavs really don't want Wiggins. Like, he's at the bottom of their trade list. Their hot list of players they want. So it makes sense. I think it goes Kuzma, Washington, Bridges, then maybe someone else before Wiggins. Wiggins is no longer the guy. Like he's not even a fourth option. That just tells you that his time in Golden State is over. I just wonder how Stephen Curry's feeling right now. Gone from top of the world. Then he had a grind. Then was on top of the world again in 2022. Now, it's just, it's, it's, it's been rough. Like, this season's been rough. It has not been the most fun at all. I want to switch gears and I want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. These last two bullet points will be about... The 76ers, and I want to jump into the latest trade rumors and reports around the league. Just because I've been eyeing this up. Really been eyeing this up. But let's start with Joel B. Let's go with the ugly first. Um, Joel. What looked like to be four weeks has now turned into six to eight weeks. So, Sean Sharani of The Athletic uh, said Joel Embiid will be out for the next six to eight weeks after having a successful meniscus surgery. Six to eight weeks is brutal. How many more weeks in the NBA? Oh, am I going to do so? I should have done this earlier, but I don't care. When when does the play, when does the playing tournament? So April fourteenth. Okay. That's pretty much so. March, it's it's only the seventh, so that's not the worst thing in the world, but so let's just say. Well. Actually, no. Uh, so, let's say it, t- it takes a month. Four weeks. That'll be March 7th. And then you want to add. Let's just say it takes another month. That will be April 7th, which is a Monday. I'm sorry, which is a Sunday. So, if he comes back, you have like a week of basketball. And I don't know if you guys listened to my last podcast episode. I would highly recommend it. As it'll cover many different topics that covers different teams. But I did talk about the situation with Joel Embiid and what that could be like for Philly. And maybe he could get like two games in just before the playoffs, right? There's all of those factors. All of those lovely factors. So you just never know. 
So I would encourage you guys to listen to the hour and 12 minute podcast that I have up because I talk about Zach Levine. I talk about the Bulls. I talk about the Lakers on LeBron. I talk about a lot of stuff. I'm not trying to shield for my podcast episodes or anything. I'm just saying I have a plan when it comes to my man, Joel Embiid. Look, it, it, it it's very unfortunate. This is definitely not what you want to have happen. This is definitely the worst case scenario. We could go back in time and talk about, well, he really should not have been playing. That's a moot point now. What's happening? That's irrelevant. We now have to talk about, okay... Joel Embiid's going to be out for the next six to eight weeks. I'm assuming two months. That'll say April 7th. Give the man, unless the 76ers are really struggling, all eight weeks to get healthy, get right for the postseason. Then when he comes back, let him play one to two games so he's able to get that feel again, so he's not getting that first feeling of live contact from opposing teams in a real game where it matters in the postseason, game ones and game twos and game threes, right? And I find it funny that There's obsession with him coming back in the regular season. This is not about the regular season. That's the postseason. You just got to make sure you hold on. That's why I believe DeMar DeRozan is going to be traded here. Or some big piece. Like the Philadelphia 76ers need to upgrade. Joel B needs to get rest and healthy. And I'm not saying he needs to play 48 minutes, 36 minutes, or even 24 minutes. Be like 10 to 15 minutes of game time in per game. Great. That's 20 to 30 minutes total. That is perfect. Assuming my quick math is correct. But understand. We got two more months of basketball. Okay, really two. We got nine weeks of basketball left. That's a lot of time. That is. I'm sure you got to factor in the all-star break. But you still got a handful of games left. I don't care who y'all are. There's a handful of games. That's a handful of games. You're just not. You're not worried about the MVP. You're not worried about regular season wins evolving. Don't be. Now I saw something where the 76ers were what below 200 without John Beat and about 700 with John Beat. That's that's a huge that's a huge decrease. That's a huge drop off. And that should scare the living stuffing out of y'all. I'm being honest. I'm being very honest. And I'm being very honest when I say I'm very addicted to this Gatorade. For just I've ever had my second bottle. Now I'm about to crush down a can to dry and some animal crackers. Tells you the diet I'm having. <laughs> Don't ever take health advice from me. I'm about to have y'all, I'm about to give y'all heart attacks or something. Anyways. So that's where we're at. And I was already talking about it, but the 76ers, they're remaining buyers at the deadline. And not only are they, I think they're going to become very aggressive ones. Just because they have no more dwell on beat. They need someone to sustain it. They need someone to go up because right now, all you got in Philly is a bunch of off-ball players. That needs to change. And I believe it's gonna be um, I believe it's gonna be Demar Derozan. I one hundred percent believe that. So. After segueing our way through, and we just conclude breaking news around the league, and we're talking about the latest trade rumors around the league, and our great association, let's talk about DeMar DeRozan 
and why I believe him going to Philly is happening. I'm going to run through my bulletin points real quick. Then I'll talk about it. Sounds fair enough. Sounds reasonable. Okay. The Bulls are actively looking to trade DeRozan. They are taking phone calls. DeRozan is on, is on an expired contract with many believing he won't return to the franchise next offseason. Again, the 76ers are buyers. They want to upgrade and have been connected to him for a while now. Philadelphia desperately needs a forward. And down below I have the image of a mock trade I came up with that I believe benefits the 76ers and we need to swallow the hard pill for Chicago fans that they ain't getting nothing outside of a pick. Sorry. But no, let's talk about the Rosen. I know people were saying DeMar DeRozan to Philadelphia is not happening. Especially when I posted on social media and then you just saw the trickle down effect. I get it. It seems, it sounds improbable. It does. I will give you that. Like, why would we count out when we know Philly needs an upgrade and somebody for Embiid plus the Bulls are most likely to lose him for nothing because he's not coming back. So why wouldn't you trade him? Trading him sounds like the smart option. And this was before... We heard about the uh, Joel Embiid news because in my tweet I said he's going to be out for at least the next four weeks. At least I put at least in there. And I said the speculation of the Rosen heading to the 76ers has risen. It has. I believe the 76ers are willing to part of a first rounder, maybe a quality player. And I rely heavily upon the word maybe. Some have linked Robert Covington as potential. You can do that. My mock trade is where the 76ers get DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls get Marcus Moore Sr., Nicholas Batum, and a 2028 first rounder. You could swap out Batum for Covington. Sure, but... Covington is also what? 33 years old? Like he's getting to his mid-30s. And I am looking this up right now because I'm not too familiar about his age. I could have sworn it was 33. And it is 33 years old. And let's be honest. The forward's not bad. Sure, he's not been healthy at all. He hasn't been the guy he that he was in his first stint with the 76ers. Like, he's gone down. It'll be nice if, like, you get, like, 10 points for him sometimes. It's just not happening anymore. So, when you're talking between Nick Batum and him, I I really don't see the difference. I know Batum's older by two years, but they're producing the same stuff. It's real, whatever. Both on expiring contracts, I believe. It really makes no difference. It doesn't. And I think what the Bulls need to get comfortable with, I think what their fan base needs to get comfortable with, they're going to be losing on this transaction. DeMar DeRozan has value. But let's be honest, the value has gone down. We can't get upset about that. We can't. We, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like the Bulls aren't going to be. Wi- They're not going to be winning this deal. Like people need to assume that. 
and that's that's not me hating on them. That's not me hating them on at all. Just the more the more getting older. He is. How old is he gonna be? I think mid thirties. Yeah, August seventh is his next birthday. He's gonna be thirty five soon. He's older. He's on expired contract. He's gonna want to be getting paid. Sure, he's still getting twenty two. Four and five per game with a steal and almost a block, which is phenomenal. But he's not always going to be that way. I love DeMar. But I can see why Phil is like, wrong going to get you that pick in 2028. Many years away, four years away. But let's be honest, how many teams are that hyped on this 2024 draft class? In fact, this upcoming draft class is seen as one of the weakest ones in recent times. I'll get to that in a later day. Maybe around the All-Star break. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just focused on the trade on. But honestly. Every team's trying to stock up on future first rounders. And feel like you gamble away one or two future first picks. That's an undeniable fact. I 100% see Philly acquiring um, DeMar DeRozan because what's, what's going to be accomplished if look <laughs> what's going to be accomplished if they don't get him not much. Not much. It's actually hurting them. And are the Bulls, let's say the Bulls got a really good player in return. How does that help? Lonzo's not going to be back. And even if he is, he's not going to be the Lonzo Ball we were all hoping for when he began his journey with the Bulls. Zach Levine still wants out. Like, they're a rebuilding team. I don't know how they get better. In the, in the span that they want it, something has to go. And DeMar's on an expiring contract. He's leaving. He's honoring his contract. He won't demand a trade. But if he is traded, cool. But he's not returning. He doesn't have many years left. And for him, what Philly needs, Philly, like I mentioned before, has too many. Let me repeat that. Too many off-the-ball players where he's a versatile playmaking on the ball and off-the-ball forward. Honestly, who would not want that? I I would love it if that if if Philly got DeMar. That would be very interesting. Like, I would not be against that at all. The front court would be dominated by Embiid and DeRozan. Like, that is just simply phenomenal. And then, on top of that, on top of all of this, you add DeMar. Now you're having a roster of... Of Tyrus Maxey. Um, Daphne Melton. Maybe Kelly Oubre Jr. But you also have two. So you have Tobias Harris or Kelly Oubre Jr. Then you have DeMar and you have Embiid. Isn't that something? Your core free players, your quote unquote big free is going to be Maxi, DeRozan, and Embiid. Why wouldn't you want that? That's phenomenal to me. Why people are trying to turn that down. Get your hopes up. I believe this deal is going to happen. I believe um, he's going to be traded either way because. Chicago would actually be really dumb if they didn't get something for him and was just holding out false hope. You don't want that false insecurity or hope. 
It's never going to pan out the way y'all want it to. Trust me. Trust me. Take from a guy that lives by false insecurities and hopes. Hurts. Anyways. So that's where you just got to go with this. I honestly do believe. From the bottom of my heart. This deal gets done. I would not be pushing it this much. And what I say and how I'm reporting it. If I did not believe this deal couldn't or wouldn't get done. All the signs are being pointed towards um, a DeMar DeRozan and Philadelphia 76ers connection. A partnership, a relationship. Down you. That's something y'all should be looking out for. Whether it's today or whether it's tomorrow, the final day of the NBA trade deadline. It's coming. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm psyched. I'm ready to go. I truly do believe DeMar DeRozan to Philly is happening. Again, here's my mock trade. Marcus Moore Sr., Nicholas Batum, a 2020 first rounder, 76ers get DeMar. Also, since we're on the Bulls right now, just as a byproduct to talk about DeMar, Alex Cruz says that is quote, at a 0.0% chance of being traded. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So you guys get to keep him. Which is, he's a great defensive guy. I would not put him down at all. Yeah, not as side is why I put him down. Yeah, not at all. In fact, I'd be very encouraged. Anyways, that's just that's just me. I love Crusoe. Always been a fan of Crusoe since he joined the Lakers. And then bet on himself. Honestly, good for him. Alright, I can't I can't be mad with that. I simply can't. Anyways, that's where we're at with DeMar DeRozan and um what's his name? Oh I'm sorry, not, um what's her name? The, the Chicago Bulls. So I'm on a brain break right now. I'm also trying to read out the content as well. You know, it's all fun. Anyways Look on this podcast I never want negativity to overshadow, to kill the vibe, to kill the mood of something that's supposed to be positive and just informational and having fun, all this. But, Miles Bridges, it's horrible. Miles Bridges takes the fun out of everything for the Hornets. For, for fans in general, NBA, like, this is not good. And I have a problem. I do. I'm only going to touch on this for a few minutes because I don't want to ramble on and on and on and on and on about this. This is not my thing. And I hear I have to keep talking about this, but I will stop talking about this come the end of Saturday's podcast. Because I don't have another podcast till Saturday, and I have to recap everything that traded on, everything else in the NBA that happened. If y'all didn't tune into my live um, to my live stream, I want to ask the questions: Are the Suns in the wrong, and are the Hornets delusional? Look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet for the Hornets. Are they delusional? Yes or no? Should they be trying to command a first rounder and one of a, te- of a team's, one of their best young players? Yeah, it's pretty delusional. Especially knowing that he's going to have to be in a court hearing in, what, 13 days? That's, less than, that's about two weeks. 
call two weeks. Like, there's a lot of complications they're trading for this scumbag. But the Hornets have to get something out of him. Because even though Bridges wants to return to Charlotte, doesn't mean Charlotte wants to have that culture. Especially with a bunch of young guys. I know Bridges is only like, what, 25? But for the young guys like Brandon Miller, Amel's still young. Like, and Brandon Miller was already in enough controversy as it was heading into the NBA draft. You just don't want that culture. You want something different being grown from the inside out. So I think it's fair what they're asking. But at times, are they delusional? Yes. Yes, they are. But I'm not really talking about the Hornets. Talk about the Phoenix Suns. You know, not too long ago, did we have an issue with Robert Sarver? And it was rightfully so. Robert Sarver, and what was in what? That 36-page report? In that huge report. It, it, it was it was downright bad what happened. He deserved to be removed as owner. Undoubtedly so. I want to make that very clear. I'm not sticking up for the man. Um, that I respect him on a basketball level. Sure, especially when he made right moves. Sure, especially when he wanted to grow from the ground up. From the draft. Make it smart moves. Were we bad a lot of times? Sure. Was Robert Sarver bad? Yes. But. The problem I have is. How far. Are teams. Really the Phoenix Suns. I'm a Phoenix Suns die hard. Suns for life. But. Are. Are we pushing it? Like, when does it become too much to win a championship? If your end goal is to win a championship, how far are you willing to take that? How far? How far? Does does it mean that you want to jeopardize your culture and what you stand for and those principles and those highly coveted values to win a championship? You're, you're bringing a woman beater, a proven, repeated woman beater. You're bringing an offender of the law and of human decency and morality into your culture. I have a huge concern with the Phoenix Suns because I believe we had the issue, um, the assets. This would never be an issue. We would have already made that deal. We would have already made that trade. We want him. We like him. The Suns like him. We just can't get him because we don't have said assets. Like maybe teams like the Mavericks and Warriors and all these other teams. And I know. And the one thing that has disappointed me about sports is if you're a bad person, you're famous, you got money, any legal issues, that's fine. I don't know if you guys keep up with the NFL, National Football League. But Tyreek Hill, he's a woman beater. But the Chiefs prioritized wins and championships. Same with the Miami Heat. I'm sorry, what's him in the Miami Dolphins? Kareem Hunt was there. Woman beater. Deshaun Jackson, who did disturbing things, inappropriate things with women. 20 some odd women who he settled with. He well, he got paid. 240 million guaranteed or whatever it was 200 some guaranteed I follow the NFL but not as passionately and religiously as I do the National Basketball Association 
We've done we've done it for many many sports leagues, any sport. But that is sickening when we do prioritize winning over morality, especially when it comes to women. I have been very clear about Miles Bridges. Very bone dry, to the point, crystal clear. I just find it funny that sports leagues now are saying, oh, it's fine. I hate the fact that we have double standards. That if a person's famous has money, you can settle. Or you don't have to do any time. Because I, I promise you, if it was a normal person like me or you or anyone else on that street that assaulted a woman, did what Miles Bridges did, did what these professional athletes do, I'm not saying all of them, talk about the bad ones. We would be locked away in prison. We would have so many ramifications. We would have so many consequences, which we should. We should be punished to the fullest extent of the law in the United States of America. But because someone is wealthy, because someone's influential, because somebody holds status, they get to have double standards. They don't have to go to prison. They, they, get, they get to make more money. Which is just astounding to me. And we all praised Matt Ishbia for taking over Robert Sarver. For saying, I'm here for the women. I'm here for the equal rights. I'm here to make sure that this is a comfortable, inclusive, safe environment. Which is great. I love it. I would never want to change that. I want to make sure we have a culture we can be proud of. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But how can you say to the fans and lie to them? So what you're doing, you're lying to them, you're backstabbing them, you're double-crossing for a championship. Because you don't care. Mark, maybe he does care, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know the man. I'm just saying, you can't say you're here for women when you're bringing in a woman beater. You're bringing in a woman beater. This is proven. This is real. There is no conspiracy theory. This is real. Also, can I ask a question? Since we're just here trying to talk, I'm, I'm going to be done with this soon because I know you guys don't want to have this beating into your skulls, especially on a beautiful Wednesday morning. But, but why did we have more outrage over Kevin Porter Jr. than we did with Miles Bridges? Mind you, both are equally wrong. Both are equally disturbing. But why is it we're taking this righteous stand on a guy who shouldn't be allowed back in the, Both guys should not be allowed back in in the NBA, or anywhere to play basketball. They should be inside a jail cell. But, Luis Manuel Miles Bridges, son of half of Kevin Porter Jr., I think, I think he was found, he was found not good, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but, in the moment, when the alleged attack happened, to his girl, we were so quick to say he's never allowed to be in the NBA again. But when it came to Miles Bridges, because Miles Bridges is the better basketball player, and help out, he'll help out teams more than KPJ, because KBJ was having a lot of issues mentally. He didn't get along with the Rockets, especially with Steven Silas. Like he was, like so he was expendable, but not Miles Bridges. I'm just wondering why we had a more high ground, more standing against him, but not Miles Bridges. Why we're all Bridges back in this league and not boycott because that's what's happening. But we're going to do it if, if it happens with KBJ. I'm just saying. And I find it disturbing that we're making certain excuses, certain cases like, well, what he did was worse. 
than what Bridges did. No, it's equally worse because you beat a woman. If you strangle a woman, that's wrong. If you beat a woman, that's wrong. If you lay hands on a woman, that's wrong. If you yell at a woman, that's wrong. Now, I'm sorry if this offends anyone. I don't care. I was raised a certain way. I was raised to be a gentleman. I was raised to be a protector. I was raised to be many different things. Especially to treat women with the utmost respect. So, I have an issue when our owner wants him, but can't get him. Not because there's some conflict within the heart of, well, I don't want to. Like, he's not separating it. He wants a woman beater. He does not value women. If he wants Miles Bridges. And the Suns, nobody close to the Suns have said, or anyone reporting on the Suns, have said, well, we're stopping because Miles Bridges is a disgusting human being. No, we're stopping because we don't have assets. That's not right. That's just not right. I'm sorry if this hurts your guys' feelings. I'm sorry. And I'm not talking to you guys who are listening. Not even applying that, so please not take it that way. I'm just talking in general. I'm not a fan of Miles Bridges. Beat a woman, go to jail. That's how I look at it. And he got a second. And his and his, and his girl said, give him a second chance. He's already gotten a second chance. You don't get a third one. I will go through on my phone right now the images. I will I will describe it to you. And I can't put that in a disgusting, horrific photo in your brain. But if that's disturbing for you to think of, imagine how sickening it was. For her to go. Imagine how traumatizing it was for her to go. It actually had to live through it. In constant fear. In constant worry that she's going to have another beating. If that doesn't make you angry. If that doesn't make you live it and want to go hurt him badly. I don't know what to say about you man. I'm just saying. that That's not right. Something's wrong. I would go check what's ever wrong in your heart. There's certain things in this world I'll tolerate, and there's certain things I won't tolerate. One of the things I won't tolerate is woman beaters and people who are against women in any shape, form, or fashion. That's, that's just me. Maybe I'm in the minority. I It should be the majority, but if I'm, in, if I'm in the minority, I'm in the minority. It's whatever, but that's just what I believe and how I believe it. So... In short, that, that's where we're at with the Hornets and Suns. It's whatever. We're just going to be waiting with our, with our breath being held. What's going to happen between today and tomorrow? Anyways, speaking about what's going to be happening between today and tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, woo, we're on the eve of the NBA trade-on before the day of the NBA trade-on, and that means... We need to answer this final question, and I'll let you guys go. We got Clay Thompson. What should we do with him? Should Clay Thompson be traded? Again, I'm going to go for all these bull points. I'm going to break it down. Y'all ready? Um, the last time his points per game was around 17. It was during his second season in the league. And I'm pulling up his stats just so as we're going for these bullet points, we can have accuracy, um, pinpoint accuracies, all that fun stuff. 16.6 was his lowest before this season. His field goal percentage and free point percentage are the worst it's ever been. 41.5% from the field, 37.1% from deep. Um... He's no longer being consistent in his shot, which is the only reason why he's on the team. The team's confidence in him is at an all-time low. Stephen Curry's not even trusting him. He's now getting benched in the fourth quarter so that the team has a shot at winning. He's frustrated and visibly upset. 
And lastly, Clay Thompson is in the final year of his deal, and this is the worst possible time for him to strike out, have a really cruddy season, and probably won't be getting big contract money. I think that's fair to say. So where do we go with this, guys? I have told you guys, I have been under the impression for a very long time, in my heart, that Bob Myers didn't want to deal with this, so he stepped down. Obviously, he went to a different role, sure. But I don't believe this is black and white. I don't I don't believe it's that cutthroat. There's a lot of loyalty between these two sides. Thompson wants money, but the Warriors don't want to give him all that money. All I know is, is that this is not the same Clay Thompson we saw last season. Or even, no, what we saw in 2017-18. His whole purpose on this team is to shoot the ball and shoot it efficiently and consistently. Not going 4 of 9 for 8 points. Not going 4 of 19 for 10 points. Or 6 of 15 for 14. Like... When he went 4 of 19 against the Hawks on February 3rd, he shot 2 of 13 from deep. He's, like, in these last 10 games from Jan 12 to Feb 5th, he's shot 13 frees, 17 frees, 10 frees, 17 frees, 15 frees. He's just chucking the chuck. He's gunning them up. Like, it is horrific. His playmaking only gets you two assists per game. He's not a playmaker. He's just a shooter. He's a wing player that's failing. This is not his season. This needs... This just needs to end. But reports already came out that they weren't looking to make any big trades, right? They weren't looking at that. They don't want to do that. They want to keep the core together. Unless Stephen Curry wants it disassembled. But you got to go into business for yourself. You got to go in for the young players. You got to go in for the championships. You got to go for the puffs. Right now, you're not making the puffs. GSW is not making the postseason. That is a straight, cold, honest fact. It just is. It just is. Clay Thompson is not helping this team. And he's getting visibly upset. Did you guys see the video that was circulating on circulating? Circling? Oh, I can't speak today. Sorry, my apologies. Online about how he was frustrated. He would he slammed a chair or whatever. He kicked a chair. He was ignoring Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry said, hey, like you I don't know if Curry was trying to talk to him, motivate him. Whatever. But Curry's having a hard time on his team right now. Especially giving the focus. Even Draymond Green. Say what you will say we want. I don't like Draymond Green very much. I believe he's a loser. But at least the guy motivates his team. Or especially the guys. Pardon me. That he enjoys. Right? But this isn't working. Steve Kerr's now benching him. We're finding out. That this wing player is no longer doing his roles. It's just not happening. It won't happen. And I don't know if there's a team who's going to trade for Klay Thompson. Because if the Warriors don't re-sign him. I believe if they don't trade him. Then Klay Thompson is going to come down in his demanding asking price. For the years of money. Why would he, he would have to come down. He's got to come down because if he doesn't, then the Warriors aren't going to resign him. He's gone. But why would teams want to just, you know, trade from? Give those assets, those picks, those players, when you just give them a free agency. Because if this was the old Clay Thompson, people would be chomping at the bits to get this wing. But they're not. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I have not heard or seen 
any reports, any trade rumors surrounding him. I honestly do believe that he needs to be traded. He's a liability to this team. He's a liability. I I don't know who would want him. I know it seems unlikely that they have no interest in trading Clay. But you gotta be kidding me. You got 48 hours, how many hours left? You gotta make you gotta pull the trigger. Like this is not sustainable and it's not gonna get better. The dude's already 33. He's gonna be he's already regressing. This season in his regression era, this is gonna be the best season in his regression era. You you seen the old clay, the old clay's dead. This is the new clay. We're in his regression era. It is time to trade him. And I honestly do believe that. And I'm not just saying that to say. But when you're shooting, when your shooting splits are the worst historically in your career, and your points per game around 17 is worse, if, and you have to go back to his second year in the league, like when you get over the feelings and being comfortable and the loyalty, you got to go into business for yourself. This is not going to business for yourself. You are committing suicide. You just are. This needs to end. This needs to stop. I sincerely believe that Clay Thompson should be traded. When a team has no longer has confidence in you, Stephen Curry, the man the team worship it, worships, doesn't have confidence in you anymore, that's tough. It's tough. It's a hard pill to swallow, especially if you've been a fan of the Warriors for years, couple of years, or just recently, but you've been in the Bay Area. I'm just saying, this is tough. This is a hard pill to swallow. This is hard. It's not going to get easy, but I think the Warriors have to trade him. If there's a dark horse player that's going to be traded, it's Clay Thompson. But if he doesn't get traded, I believe his asking price gets significantly lowered. Warriors aren't going to give in. Mike Dunleavy Jr. is not going to give in. And I'm going to see him come back. Maybe like a sign trade. Maybe. But it's very interesting. Very interesting. Again, Thompson is in the final year of his deal. Clay Thompson needs to be traded. When you can't even do your own role, you know it's bad. And this entire Warriors team has been in disarray from and on I'm, I'm sorry, Andre, from Andrew Wiggins to Clay Thompson to the way Draymond Green has been, even at times of Curry. Like all you got now are the young guys. You got Brandon, you got Clay. That's all. That's all. How you got? Telling you, ever since Jordan Poole had an incident with Draymond Green, it all went downhill. It went all downhill. They've never been the same. 2022 marked the bittersweet, the bittersweet end to a historic dynasty. That's very much true. That is 100% true. Take it as you will. This is a tough, tough day for the association, for the Golden State Warriors. He's just not contributing anymore. He's in his regression era. Not progression era, but his... Regression era. He's done. He's washed. He's cooked. He's not going to have a James Harden moment and revive his career. He's done. Clay Thompson's not going to be making 40 mil a year. I'm sorry. He's not. He's not going to be close to that. I know he made 
109 mil over five years. And he's making 43. He's not getting that anymore. He's just not. He went from four years, 9 million, to four years, 68 million, to five years, 190 million. If anything, he's going to get around average salary of like 15 to 17 million. Just how, just how I'm looking at it. That's where we'll be at. That's where we'll be at for the former Washington State player. Just as simple as that. Again, not trying to be cutthroat. I know there's a lot of loyalty. I know there's a lot of love between the two sides. I know there's a lot of history, uh, just history. But, but at some point, all good things must come to an end. And when something's got to go, it's got to be Clay. Andrew Wiggins is not enough. Him and Clay got to go. CP might have to go. Like There are guys out there that just might have to go. The Warriors are in shambles. They are falling rapidly. They are climbing up the rope. They're falling, slipping off the rope. That is just a fact. Whether you guys agree with me, whether you guys disagree with me, we're about to find out what happens, not only at the trade line, but what happens for the rest of the season, if the Warriors make the postseason, and... You just see what happens in the offseason. And just how it goes. Will Clay be playing as the 76ers today? Will Clay be playing after the deadline? Against the Pacers tomorrow? I don't know. But the Warriors are 11th. They're below 500. 22 of 25. 22-25. They're a half a game from 12th. They're battling it between the Rockets. And then six behind the Grizzlies, but they're outside. They're a half a game outside the playing tournament. The Utah Jazz are 26-26. They're 500. They're solid. I'm just saying, these are dangerous territories. And you've already played 47 games, which is significant knowing there's only 35 left. And this is what the team's looking like. That should scare the living stuffing out of y'all. That's just my opinion. That's what I'm thinking. Anyways, that's all I got for today's podcast episode. I truly do appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, just being there, just listening. I hope this is beneficial to you guys. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm trying to make this more interesting. Trust me, the podcast is always going to be evolving. And yeah, you know where to find me. Courtsy.com, social media, the X. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of that good stuff. That's where we're going to be at. That's where we're going to be living at. And yeah, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. I will see you all on the live stream Thursday morning. And I will see you all for this uh, podcast for on Saturday. Peace.